Hello there. You're listening to The Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. And in honor of John Wick Chapter 4, we will be doing a cinema showdown on which action set piece from the first three films is the best. Joining Dylan as a challenger in the showdown, we have Sebastian Marcano Perez returning to the show. Hello. Hello. I said it prematurely. Oh, you're fine. It was beautiful. Uh, and then we also have, returning to the show, but it's been quite some time, Carlos Irazabal. Thank you for returning. Oh, thank you for having me. to talk about some news killers of the flower moon the most anticipated film of 2023 for both dylan and myself it does have a confirmed release date so it should be coming out 2023 yeah we finally are going to be able to see it october 6th 2023 that is the date that scorsese has set is going to be fantastic can't wait to see that just in time for my girlfriend's birthday I'm gonna love doing that it's on her birthday. What a date movie! Yeah. That'll be great. It's a perfect watching. Was probably yeah. Was probably gonna be a three and a half or four hour movie. No, no. He said it was like ten minutes shorter than The Irishman, so you're good. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it'll be a breeze. Nice. Um, okay, so yeah, looking forward to that. Also, there's been a lot of troubling news for the people working at Marvel and DC Studios. Of course, a major, major developing story. Jonathan Majors was arrested, charged with assault after a domestic dispute. And that is still the case. His lawyers have said he's innocent, saying that evidence will come out proving his innocence. But for right now, yeah, he was arrested and is currently charged. They have not been dropped yet. So a wild month for him, starring in two major blockbusters and then getting arrested crazy it is um and yeah he was supposed to be and maybe might still be we'll see if they try and pivot depending on what happens with this case but he's going to be the big bad for the next phase of the mcu so uh a huge rise and fall happening in record time he's doing method acting yes a lot of things of that um the method acting jokes and the kang stuff crazy truly crazy uh, we also had Victoria Alonso, who's a longtime Marvel producer. She got fired recently, and she is now suing Disney for wrongful termination. Disney is saying it happened because she breached her contract by working on Argentina 1985. Great movie. Well, hopefully it was worth it because she got fired for it. Uh, and then she is saying that she got fired because she refused to edit out LGBTQ references in Ant-Man 3. Terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we will see what the truth is and whether or not she'll be able to get any money. I honestly don't think she will because, I mean, they've been editing out plenty of references for, like, the overseas 
uh, audiences because yeah. they won't show films that have that stuff in there. So they've done editing a lot. So I don't know why all of a sudden what, she what would make a refusal now. I don't even remember I don't know. anything like that in Ant-Man 3, right? I don't remember. It was like no, minor stuff. It would have had to been. So who knows? But yeah, that's going on at Marvel. They also had um, Ike Perlmutter, another longtime pro- uh, producer, got fired as well. His like division. That's probably the best news. Really? Yeah, he was very troublesome. There's like a whole thing of many years ago. He was trying to get rid of Kevin Feige, oh, uh, and that did not work out. But he's been like staying on for the longest time. And then recently, there were some shenanigans of him trying to get someone on like Disney's board. Um, so that also didn't work out, and they've been, I guess, trying to find a way to boot him for a while now, and they finally did. So he's gone. His division is getting uh, folded into Marvel Studios. So all that's going on. And then in DC land, the whole stuff with Zachary Levi and The Rock. Apparently he had prevented uh, members of the Justice Society from showing up in the Shazam 2 post-credit scene. And yeah, apparently that was he. Zachary Levi was not happy with the balance of power shifting in the DC universe, the hierarchy of power. Um, the high, he, yeah, he was not happy with the new hierarchy of power at all. So yeah, that's been a public sort of finger pointing blame game going on right now. So not great for comic book movies and the people in charge of them. Crazy times. Yeah, you know what else is not great? Celebrity skiing. Let's talk about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> She won. She won the trial. She she, she hit a guy skiing and got away with it. Is that <laughs> is that the truth? Did you watch the trial at all? Nah, I did. Isn't, isn't I thought it was funny. He, I saw a clip of it. Funny. Isn't it that it was his fault? I think so. I think he hit her. Like she was really further down on the slope. Yeah. Okay. She was like ahead of him, and he hit her. But he was blaming her. I don't know the story. I don't care. It's crazy. That, that happened, that it got televised. It was very quick, short-lived, not a whole Amber Heard, Johnny Depp situation. There's a lot of funny very moments fast. in that trial, though. That happened. It was. It did produce a lot of great moments, like the Amber Heard trial, though. So, But she is free. She is not going to get fined for whatever that accident was. Honestly, they should televise all celebrity trials. It is. It is just such good entertainment. It really is. It should replace reality TV. It should just be whenever celebrities are brought into trial. We just see that. They should they should do what they do with game shows where they create like a celebrity spin-off. Uh but <laughs> do like Judge Judy celebrities. Dude. Um, celebrity Night Court. That would be great. Whoa, celebrity Night go. Court. <laughs> it's a great idea. It is a great idea. Now let's move into our box office breakdown for March twenty fourth to the twenty-sixth. Coming in first, undoubtedly. John Wick Chapter 4 was $73.8 million. Woo! Ryan, you were right on the money with that. I think you said 73 exactly. Yeah. I mean, you were close too. You said like 75. But yeah, yeah definitely it broke 70 million, but, which we yeah. expected. But yeah, a franchise record. Huge opening for John Wick. Amazing stuff. Uh, Shazam did not fare so well in its second weekend. Made $9.3 million, which is a 69% drop. Nice. It's not quite as bad as Ant-Man's drop, but obviously quite abysmal. So After that was not, not at all. After that was Scream 6 with 8.3 million. Creed 3 with 8.1 million. 
the Adam Driver sci-fi movie 65 with 3.2 million. Ant-Man with 2.4 million. That's so sad. Cocaine Bear with 2 million. Jesus Revolution, 1.9 million. Champions, 1.5 million. And rounding out the top 10, Avatar, The Way of Water, 1.3 million in its 15th weekend. What the fuck? That's still going. It is. It absolutely is. <laughs> this may be its last time on the top 10, but for 15 Fucking weeks, better be. it was there. It made <laughs> $680 million domestic, $2.3 billion worldwide. Absolute domination. And now That's for insane. the predictions for March 20th, uh, March 31st to April 2nd this weekend, we have Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves releasing. Dylan, what do you think it'll get? Fortunately for you, Ryan, I actually haven't looked up the numbers because we're recording this on Sunday, so I easily could look up how much it's going <laughs> to make. But fortunately for you, I forgot to. So I'm going <laughs> to guess... I know I know it's doing surprisingly well, but I don't know how surprisingly well. So I'm going to go 62? What? 62? Domestic? Is that way too much? Is that way it's too way much? too much, yeah. 32. Okay, now you're yeah a lot closer. <laughs> I do know the answer of like what the estimates are because I did see it. Seb, Carlos, would you want to venture a guess? Or do you know it? Uh, I don't have an estimate, but I have seen a big marketing push uh, for it, and literally all fronts, mo- mo- mostly on YouTube. They're trying to get the gamers out here. <laughs> for real. Uh, I, I do know that the estimates are around around like uh forty million or or below, but it's around there. Yeah, it's closer to forty million. It's I, at like thirty eight million. That's yeah. what the estimates are right oh. now. So it might come in slightly above that, like thirty nine million. Yeah. Doesn't seem like it'll crack forty million, but another really solid opening for uh and unlike the rest of March, this one isn't a sequel. It is part of a franchise, but it is uh, a new franchise in the making, starting out with about forty million in its opening. So that'll be a solid start. Are any of you going to go see it though? Are you going to help out its numbers? Nope. I want to go see it. I don't know if I have the time though, so I'll catch it when it comes out <laughs> on VOD. Gotcha. It's supposed to be good. I've heard good things from it. So hey, I'm sure. I'm surprised that the that the reviews have been as well. I expected it to be like horrible. I thought I, so too. I was, I thought it was gonna get like a twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That that was like what I expected in my head. Mm-hmm. I want to see if it's like a collaborative thing or if Chris Pine is like really carrying the hell out of it. I think him being part of it definitely yeah, helps. Pretty... But it does seem like an ensemble. There are a lot of people in that cast. There's a lot of good talent. Yeah. It's at a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That's that crazy. How so I wouldn't, if you told me that, if you told me that when the first trailer dropped, I would have said you're a fucking liar. <laughs> and because uh, that did not look like a 90% movie to me. But it did not. Here we are. But honestly, yeah, I might go check that out if I have time at some point. But there we go. D&D. But let's talk about john wick the other franchise that's tearing it up at the box office we are not going to be discussing john wick 4 although i think all of you guys have seen it and i'm sure it was mm-hmm. awesome 
Um, I, I'm still missing. Oh, you seventeen eight. Yeah. You like it, Sebastian? I absolutely adored it. I like. I think it. it's. I think it's number two in my ranking. Me too. Me too. Ooh, yeah. We might get to hear what their number ones are as we go through this cinema showdown. We're not going to be talking about the best film in the trilogy, the three films that have come out thus far. Instead, this showdown, we're going to be focusing on each of the challengers arguing what is the best action set piece or action sequence. Um, and of course, there's some subjectivity there of what is the best. That'll be up to you to decide, define, and argue. But yes, Dylan, Sebastian, Carlos, they will be the challengers. I will be the judge since I haven't seen any of the John Wick films. So I'll come into it with an unbiased perspective. I'm just here to hear your guys' arguments and be persuaded by you so that I will want to see your action set piece, the one that you chose before I see any of the others, the one that I would you know, be most anticipating. So with that said, let's talk about what the timeline for the showdown will be. We'll start out with each competitor getting two minute opening statements. Then we'll move into around like 25 minutes of moderated debate. It'll be like an open floor. Y'all can talk a wild, get passionate, attack each other. But if everyone's like talking over each other or something like that, I might step in and like coordinate who has the speaking floor. But we'll have that go on um, with a possible extension if we feel we need it. And then there may be like five to 10 minutes of any questions that I want to pose to you like pose to you directly before we wrap things up. And then there will be a one minute closing statement. So I have opening statements, open floor debate, possible Q and A, and then closing statements. You will be able to talk about spoilers. So even though I haven't watched them, I mean, at some point I will, but if you need to speak about spoilers in order to convey how awesome a certain action set piece is, go ahead and do it. Do whatever you need to, to win. It'll be okay. I'll see these movies. The action will still be great. I'll be fine. Uh, and then in terms of speaking order for the opening statements, we're going to go in order of who was randomly selected to pick their set pieces first. And so the order is Sebastian, then Dylan, then Carlos. So that's how it'll roll for the opening statements. Um, but before we get to the opening statements, just so everyone can begin to understand where everyone else is at, a few of you, like some of you know what one person picked, but I don't think anyone here yet knows what both of their competitors have picked. So just to start out with revealing the action set piece you are going to be arguing for, Sebastian, what did you choose? I chose the nice galore, as I titled it fight scene from john wick three gotcha all right how about you dylan what did you choose for your set piece i chose the glass room boss battle at the end of john wick chapter mm. three right. and sebastian yours is from john wick three too right yes okay. yeah and carlos what did you choose i ended up choosing the rome party from john wick two okay the rome party Makes sense, makes sense. All right. So nothing from the first John Wick. Interesting. And two, Big John sad. Wick three. So we will see how that all shakes out. But now we will 
just jump into it, jump into the opening statements. Again, you're arguing what is the best action set piece. So whatever that means to you, but definitely make sure you define that and stick to it. Um, so with two minutes on the board, I'm going to give it to you, Sebastian. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. You don't have to take up the full two minutes. You can just let me know like when you're okay. finished, but you will have two minutes allotted to you. But go ahead and gotcha. kick us off. Why is the Knives Galore scene the best starting now? Well, we know that John Wick 1 was a perfect introduction to this character. John Wick 2 was, I think, is the most well-balanced John Wick uh, like action-to-drama movie. But John Wick 3 does something spectacular with its opening minutes, which after the, the ending of John Wick 2, it drops our character straight into uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the world, literal, literally, with John Wick facing <laughs> what seems to be like everybody in the world is an assassin. And um, as soon as, he's, as we see him in John Wick Chapter 3, he, he's on the run and he goes to the New York Public Library because I originally picked the first 30 minutes. Ryan did not allow me to pick the, third, the first 30 minutes. Fair enough. Um, he goes to the New York library. He gets some stuff. And as he's running away, he reaches what is a knife shop. He's assembling this old one. And it's it's a beautiful sequence because up to this point, John has used so many stuff, but mo mainly guns. And then he shoots a single person with a gun that he just that we just spent like two minutes watching him build. And then the rest of it is hand combat with knives. And it seems like every single hit is not landing. And it's rough and it's exhilarating. And it's just the rawest fight in the John Wick franchise. And it's perfect because for the first time, it seems like there's a, a well-rounded fight where John seems exhausted. He is still like the superhuman um assassin i guess of this of this world but you can start to see exhaustion and the comedy aspect that is introduced here is brilliant all right thank you very much now dylan you're gonna have your two minutes for the opening statements are you ready yes okay then you will start three two one now, you've seen John Wick 1, and you've seen John Wick 2, and now you get to John Wick 3, right? And you're watching John Wick 3, and it is the epitome of everything that has come before. Sebastian's right. They do something completely marvelous and, and perfect with John Wick 3, combining the action and the fantastical elements of this world and pushing John Wick to his limits. And then you watch two hours of John Wick struggling to beat enemies back to back to back. And finally... You get this final battle in this gorgeous set designed entirely of glass with glass artifacts and glass statues that's multi-level, multi-tiered. I'm talking three stories tall. It's like watching Mario climb up to fight Donkey Kong in this, in this boss battle that is entirely hand-to-hand uh, -hand combat. And samurai swords. No guns whatsoever. You've seen John Wick use guns nonstop, but 
Now he's out of bullets and he has to use his fists and his samurai swords to fight these these uh, like traditionally trained swordsmen that have been the main antagonist of the entire movie so far. And they're incredible. They're terrifying. They're scary. And he's got to beat them. And the amount of respect that John Wick and these sword fighters have for each other is beautiful. And they, they fight knowing that they have to fight to the death. But they do it with respect, knowing that they're just following the rules of the world that they're in. And there's like an amount of tension that's there. The set design is gorgeous. The fight choreography is amazing. And it goes on for like 15 glorious minutes. And it's just magnificent and and immaculate completely. All right. Thank you so much. Now, Carlos, to round us out, your opening statements. Are you ready? Yes. All right. You're on in three, two, one. So unlike John Wick 3, where it's just action, 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 I'm more of a... The action is married to the drama and comes in the Rome party where you have a good amount of setup of John Wick preparing to go into this. Basically, the the beast, the, the dense beast, uh, the beast then. Yeah. <clears throat> um, he goes in with a plan and knows like what's about to happen. And he comes in and just goes to fulfill his mission of killing uh whoever was it that put out a contract out on him and then proceeds to plan for all the uncertainties that could happen and prepares by going through the catacombs and placing guns where he needs to as he makes his escape from uh the rome party all right thank you okay so there we have it the opening statements I hope you all were paying close attention to what everyone else was saying. Because now, for the next 25 minutes, we will have the open floor debate. So you can start grilling each other on the scenes. Explain why yours is far better than theirs. Tear down the other person's, all that jazz. So you can begin now. Who wants to kick us off? Okay, so Sebastian, you've seen all four movies, right? I've seen all four Carlos, movies. You've seen the first three? Yeah, yeah. Okay, how would you guys rank the ones that you've seen? I would say two first, four second. That's right. That's then, right, because it's the better one. Uh, well, hold on. Don't, don't get ahead of yourselves. Then I would say three, then one. Or one, then three, sorry. Really? You put three at the bottom? I will tell you why. Because I think it's an exhausting movie, mm-hmm. but it doesn't remove it doesn't remove from the fact that it's a glorious movie. It's I can rewatch John Wick three infinitely, mm-hmm. but in terms of of movie, I think it's near the bottom. Okay, actually, yes. I was about to revise myself, but I stand by what I say. Okay, Carlos, your ranking. I'll say two. Uh then probably one and then three and you know why it's because again it's like yes action is nice and i feel i I get where seb is coming from about the exhaustion it's like Mm -hmm. action is nice but you need to tie the action to the drama and that's why my scene is like so much better Mm -hmm. i don't necessarily agree with that 
because um, you get the buildup of it mm-hmm. and you get to see like more of the underworld and how it functions and it's great it's marvelous and you're just like wow you know what this could be happening and i don't even know it because this is not a world that i'm in tune mm-hmm. with okay but um, wait 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 dylan before you continue carlos dylan what is your ranking my ranking would be three then four then one then two i put two at the bottom interesting interesting i think john wick 2 has the worst action of all four movies and i think the setup is dramatic and interesting but ultimately not as exciting as the other movies so i think if you have a setup that is not as engaging followed by action that is not as well done as the other movies it makes for a worse action movie you have good tense moments in john wick 2 with the setup that works but then it gets dragged on a little too long and then you get to the action sequences and they're lackluster compared to what you will see in john wick 3 and then john wick 4 i mean i i'm here to see the action i'm here to see john wick kill people in an interesting way and john wick 2 is almost entirely gunfights and those gunfights get repetitive and tiresome after very quickly you're absolutely right grow with the character you get to go on this journey with him i can do that in john wick 3 i can grow with 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 john and john (laughs) wick 3 i mean he's defending himself and surviving in a world that is trying to attack him mercilessly he's trying to like claw his way through survival as tough as like as tough as he can because of uh, an action he or a choice he made in the second movie See, but and, I think and in John Wick 3... Okay, okay, go, so it goes. And here's why my fight scene is the superior mm-hmm. one, because Dylan just said something that is critical. We have seen John from the first movie avenge his, his wife, avenge his dog, and he fought the, he fought the underworld. Mm-hmm. He got his revenge. Then we got him in 2, where the world is... It absolutely comes down on John, mm-hmm. and now he's fully back into action and when we find him in three he's an exhausted man yes he's he's been he's been dragged out of retirement mm-hmm. he's been put through hell mm-hmm. he had to fight common and he had to make the ultimate sacrifice at the end of of two and he he broke those cardinal rule of the world and now the world is against him yeah and when we find him in that knife shop he is without weapon he is without without mm. uh backup yeah he is without anything and this is the rawest we'll see John. yeah you're correct he had, and he had to he had to assemble an old, his own gun and then and then use it once drop it and then completely hand like fight in mm. this daredevil style hallway scene because they only fight i, I wouldn't say daredevil hallway. style I think that's pushing it. I, I think Daredevil is more rough think... and gritty and realistic. I think the the knife sequence in John Wick is definitely elevated and played more for laughs and, and I, shock and, and awe than, than actual grit and like hardcoreness. Like if you watch the Daredevil hallway scene from like what episode four of Daredevil, that is like the most intense and realistic thing you can get out of like a a, a fight choreography. Whereas this is more like. It's more playful and more more actual core. It feels more like choreography than realistic. It feels like they are well, dancing in that scene, which is gorgeous in its own way. But it's also play a lot for laughs and shock, as opposed. No, to you're absolutely the- right. But I don't think I don't think I com- I don't come for John Wick for for gritty action sequence. I mm-hmm. mean, 
the whole franchise has proved where its influences are. That's and you, in the you described it. You described it as like a gritty action sequence. I described it as Got raw, him. and then I described it as uh, as Daredevil esque because the whole fight takes place in this one hallway full of old cabinets, and they're pushing each other. Mm-hmm. But you're right; it does play it for more uh, for more laughs mm-hmm. than uh, than anything because because that's that's the brilliance of these action mm-hmm. sequences. Imagine it, it manages to balance out the rawness and that and that that Plato back. Watch John Wick four. If you want to see a perfect example of that, watch John Wick oh, yeah. Four. There's something beautiful about this, and it, you're tr- you're right. It is more choreographed than 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 gritty, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's beautiful. Part of it too, it's I raw. Agree. In in the terms that this character scaled down to his bare mm-hmm. minimum, but the way that they choreographed the entire sequence is just sheer brilliance. The way they're punching punching through glass mm-hmm. grabbing knives and throwing them yeah where not all of them are hitting the target they're just like kind of hitting and bouncing off yeah because they're rushing to to attack each other it's beautiful it's it's i think one of the most and and this is like not even 30 minutes into the movie and you're already you're already there with john you're exhausted like he mm-hmm. is he said his the 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 absolute end of his wit and you have to be with him as yeah. he tries to attempt. This my my pushback version. against that is that you're saying that John Wick is exhausted, and, and Keanu Reeves in the scenes between the action is definitely acting to that for sure. He's acting exhausted, but when you get to the actual fight scene of them fighting with the knives, he's winning very easy. Like he's beating the these guys incredibly easy, as he does throughout most of the movies. I mean, most of it is him just beating the fuck out of normal people who are trying to fight him, and he gets away with it. But when you look at like the glass room scene, he's fighting like the apex of assassins at this point with samurai swords and uh, his own fists. And they are winning for a good chunk of it. He's getting the shit kicked out of him. He's getting thrown through glass. He's getting cut. He's getting beat. He's getting tossed through floors. And he is just getting his shit completely rocked at the end of an already brutal movie that he's had to get through. And he still manages to get up and push forward and that kind of resilience is just so inspiring and so tense it's like edge of your seat kind of action trying to get there and and get so excited for him to get back up and get back up and get back up and keep fighting whereas when you watch that knife scene it's like oh it's cool action and it's choreographed really well and the the design of the set is really well but he's still just kicking their ass and it is entertaining in that regard as John Wick always is but it's not necessarily like this great action piece of, oh, you're watching someone overcome an, uh, an actual obstacle. You're just watching John Wick kick ass. That's uh, that's a fair argument. I see where you're coming mm-hmm. from. But think about how over-elaborate that last sequence is. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It's Gorgeous. probably one of the best fights. Oh, yeah. And like you said, there's there's something about about like the respect that uh, the, the three opponents have mm-hmm. for each other. Uh, and how they're fighting with sheer respect. Yeah. But they are fighting to the death. But that sequence is so long. Yes, it is. It's gratingly long. It's awesome. In a way where by the end, it's a, and that's the problem with John Wick 3. Mm-hmm. Like most of the fight scenes are so long. Yeah. I'm thinking of, of the fight scene with Halle Berry and the dogs, which goes on for way too that long. That I would agree and with. I, and that's because it's it's very simple gun 
action, which they they do really well. But if you do it too long, it's kind of tiresome. And I feel that way about mm-hmm. the the Rome sequence that Carlos is arguing for. I feel like it's I also, also agree with you that. agree with that. Yeah, it's just a little drawn out what? and it's gun action. How it's per it's the perfect balance because you get I the setup, then you get that uh, moment where with the head of the Italian mob, and then you get into the him escaping the catacombs. Mm-hmm. It's like nice, perfect little short segment. I disagree with you because Instead of it's dragging simple. out, fighting the foot out here. It's simple. I agree. John Wick Two is great, and the fight you see, you chose is a good one, not great, especially when you had, especially when you had. When we're talking about when we're talking about gunplay in John Wick franchise, mm-hmm. you were so close, so close to what I think was should have been your answer or your pick, which was the gun the gunfight between Common and John in that New York New York terminal. I hate where they, that. Where they, I hate that I whole know scene. You feeling. It's so oh, dumb. It, They're just shooting at each so other with silencers. It looks so I, stupid. No. I agree. No, it's, it's so it's the worst part of the movie. Not yeah, I would say like the museum is like way better than that one. Listen, listen, it subverts it subverts what you we typically know of a gunfight in the in in general and in John Wick. Mm. The silencers, the tension between those characters. But that's not how it bad. works, though. Yeah, <laughs> just bad. Like, oh they, they, this is somewhat grounded, and that's not how guns work. This whole <laughs> franchise has not been grounded. Yeah, but there's no way of believability no way. that that scene just throws yeah. completely out. Yeah. It also lasts, it literally lasts 25 seconds, Sebastian. It lasts 25 seconds. It's such a short scene. It's so no, short. It's the whole, I could have gone to New York, walked thing. the same path, and been back, and they wouldn't have been... No. They would still be shooting at each other. Yeah. No, 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 because because you're not taking account the few uh, minutes that came before that, and then where that fight ends up, which is in the subway, mm-hmm. which is which is the whole sequence is just brilliant. I'm not arguing for that scene. I'm not. Don't. I'm not gonna keep defending scenes that are not my own. So I'm gonna go back to my scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, there is, there is, and. Again, the 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 ending sequence with the glass set piece yeah. and like the multiple levels yeah. and what John is ultimately fighting for is great, but it's too long. It's mm-hmm. grating, like I said, and awesome. this short scene, this short scene at the beginning, is everything you would want in in a in a set piece. Which is short. Well, the it's reason funky. the reason that it works so great is because it's one sequence out of a series of sequences in the first thirty minutes, and if it was if you literally had that scene and it was that short, it would feel unfinished. So the reason it works as being short is like it's like a series of vignettes of action sequences, and that one I agree with you. The knife sequence of those scenes is the best one. I would still say that like it's only like four minutes, maybe maybe even less. And it just feels too short to be something to call out as something that I think stands out. Whereas this scene at the end is like the culmination of everything you've seen so far, everything that John has has had to deal with. And then talk about the set design alone. I mean, we can all agree. It is absolutely gorgeous. Everything is made of glass. The stairs are made of glass. And then the way that they use the lights to make the glass like translucent so that John can't see through it. And then the way they use the screen projector on the second level to like backlight the villains. Oh my God. It's just, it's absolutely gorgeous. It, it reminds me of the the scene in Skyfall where uh, Daniel Craig is looking for the assassin in 
Japan, I think, and he has to go through all the glass yeah. rooms, and then you have the big neon lights that are <clears throat> blasting through the window. I mean, just the the what they do in this scene is just fantastic. I mean, that on top of all the sword play is just incredible. Now I want to go back for a second to Carlos's. Uh-huh. And I want to tear into it a little bit. I'm surprised <laughs> of all the sequences you picked from John Wick 2 that you picked the Rome one over the mirror sequence at the end. Whereas I think the mirror sequence at the end is the only one that stands out as being truly, truly incredible from John Wick 2. Like, like beyond amazing. Because the way that they shoot that, you know, it's, it's literally like a, a room full of mirror, like, like an entire mirror house. The way that they shoot that is is incredible. I don't know how they do that without getting the camera in the shots or anything. That mixed with the neon lights, it is it's similar to the one I'm arguing for, but it's just distinct enough to where it's a kind of its own thing. And it's it is gorgeous watching John go through this house of mirrors and just tear into these people, all these neon lights going, all the blood everywhere. It's it's beautiful in a lot of ways, and I feel like it stands out a lot more than the Rome sequence. Whereas I think the reason you're arguing for the Rome sequence is because of that setup specifically. And I don't think the follow through of the action in the Rome sequence does the setup in that sequence justice. Because the setup is good. The conversation he has in that setup is good. And then the action is dull by comparison and way too long. Like It could have been a quick burst of action as he's getting out. Because you have a really long and good setup and it is tense and then they just draw out the action and instead of building upon the tension. Look just, who's talking about drawing out action and drawing well, out Well, 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 hang on. I'm talking about action that is John Wick shooting people for 10 minutes, which we see every other action sequence in these movies. My action sequence is a hand-to-hand choreographed combat with swords being added and multi-tiered set pieces, which is way more complicated and way more interesting by far not to mention minutes of like like moments of dialogue between the characters where they talk to each other between fighting which is also great yeah i, I did mean, feel though like the ending was a little bit disappointing though in, in chapter like, three i don't yeah because like the thing is right like they go through all the whole sword fight yes. right and then the dude gets stabbed, yes. and then they kind of left it ambiguous to whether or not he died or not. No, he dies. You watch and him it's die. Like, he it dies. Matter. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, he's it, dead. Oh, does he? No, oh, he's fine. dead. He falls over and he's dead. Yeah, and it's no, great. It is a they, great way to end that because they built upon that that last bit of dialogue there. I won't spoil it for Ryan because I really want to. I, I know we, you said spoilers are okay, but I want you to. I really want you to watch it. But yeah, they set up that last line of dialogue between the two of them. For like the last 30 minutes of the movie and then they build on that and it's, it's just a great way to leave them off also ryan have you ever seen iron chef the uh, show iron yes. chef iron Chef. Yes. yes do you know the uh what's the guy the guy who announces the food the japanese man you know him yeah Vaguely. He's the main he antagonist for chapter oh, three no. he's the guy he fights in the end yes and he's fantastic he's incredible Wow. One of the best Anyways. action performers in the entire series, fighting John Wick. It's great. Uh, aside from that fun fact that I think is cheating, mm-hmm. uh, bringing in Iron Chef into a discussion about John Wick didn't. That's that's a that's an easy that's an easy. Point. It's not like I was talking um, about Alton Brown. I was bringing up the character. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, listen. 
you both have picked fight sequences that are fantastic. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we're talking about fight scenes in John Wick franchise, I don't think you can do you. I don't think you can pick one that's truly terrible. Mm-hmm. Even when there's faults, even when there's when there's where things that you particularly yeah. might not like. You can't do wrong. You can't go wrong. Yeah, though I would say very... I would say the closest to terrible is probably the rope sequence in chapter two. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> anyway, continue, listen, Sebastian. For the, sake of the, for the sake of the argument, I agree. Um, <laughs> I, would also, I would also put in there the final the final fight of John Wick chapter three. Now, fuck you. Just because. Now, now, what makes what makes these these few minutes of the throwing knives at mm-hmm. an antique shop so special is that if you took all your scenes out of context, they would not be special. Mm-hmm. And I understand context is very important. We're watching a movie and we're not watching clips on YouTube. That's, that's a, that's an important, thing. but you look at the knife scene on its own. And it, I think it's one of them. It's brilliantly executed. Mm-hmm. It perfectly balances that comedy physical action uh physical comedy slapstick comedy Mm -hmm. i would i would say and just perfect tight uh choreography timing our tempo i i should say and just character moments okay for john i i it's a solid i looked it up it's a three minute sequence yes correct and it's and it's just I, I can't even say anything but brilliant. It's just, it's truly great. And the choreography, like you see, you see the shot of them moving through the hallway as they're punching, throwing mm-hmm. each other, slamming faces into glass, yeah. picking up knives, throwing them at each other. It's just something, mm-hmm. and people say this a lot, they were the influence on their sleep. It, what, it's truly a, what if Buster Keenan made an action movie? Mm-hmm. And it's, and that's when you hear it in relation to the John Wick movies, it's not an over-exaggeration. It's true. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something so beautiful about, about that, which is perfectly encapsulated in that sequence. Now, you said, you said let's, let's look at the scenes out of context and that yours is the only one that works out of context. I disagree. I would say that mine, at the very least, is fundamentally engaging to watch completely out of context. Ryan could pull up the clip right now on YouTube and be enthralled in the action and the choreography of it entirely. But I think what's more important is that let's look at it in context. If we look at your scene, Sebastian, in context, it is John Wick enters a knife room and then throws knives at a bunch of guys and kills them, which is the same as the scenes that had come before and the scenes that come after. It's just John Wick killing normal people. Carlos's scene in context works a little better because it has to do with the setup that he's talking about with the characters that are being interrogated and then the follow through, especially with all the setup of like him planning that whole assassination. That is great. But the action itself to me is what's lackluster. When you look at mine in context, you have action that is superb and incredibly well choreographed, not exhausting whatsoever dialogue that matches everything that has come before and that has been set up before and John being pushed to his limits and having to fight for his life in order to survive and reclaim his freedom underneath the table, which is just the, the epitome of what John Wick three and the entire 
well, the the latter two John Wick movies are about is is John trying to claim his freedom again. That's what he's trying to do in in those two movies, and then John Wick Four. You know, the first John Wick you watch is about vengeance, and then after that vengeance, he's thrust back into this life, and he's trying to reclaim the freedom that he had in John Wick. And in Chapter Three, you see him pushing himself as far as he can to get to that freedom and failing along the way. And you see him finally getting to his limits at the very end of this very intricate and exciting action set piece and finally being able to overcome an obstacle and claw his way, literally climb his way to victory. And that's why yeah, that's in context, it's incredible. Out of context, it's exciting. Uh, that's why it's also uh, a 20-minute sequence. Hell yeah, it, it is. Take it, it is, I and I agree, and it's that's a it, plus right, right there. You're, Twenty minutes of sword action between John and a series of assassins in a glass warehouse, where he's getting thrown through glass every two minutes. Fantastic! It in, becomes incredible. repetitive, and it becomes exhausting. And it, it is exhausting it's, because it's exhausting for John. You feel what he feels. You're pushed through what know, he's pushed it through. Feels, it makes you. It feels feel exhausting in the best way possible. You get tired of it. By the end of this movie, you're. Let's look at it in context. Look at John. And John's movie, tired by the end of the movie too. And then, and then, what happens at the end of the movie is a result yeah. of him being tired and exhausted of having to, to battle this through. And we have to go through that emotion with him. It's the same thing as as any movie. The, if you put the audience through the same thing that the character is going through, they will feel a certain emotion, and they're invoking this emotion Dude. in the scene perfectly because it's exhausting. Watch him have to get up and fight these guys nonstop. I do not want to be. There's one thing I don't want to be while watching a movie, and that's exhausted. And incorrect. That's how have I you ever seen Moulin Rouge? Amazing, movie. exhausting, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but no, exhausting is not. Especially after we've seen exhausting set pieces after exhausting set pieces, and I think the only way, the only redeeming factor of your fight sequence. Mm-hmm. At the at the end, it's just like the cherry on top. That's a, the 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 actual ending of John Wick Chapter Three mm-hmm. because it makes it it makes sitting through that grating fight sequence worth it because you're like, oh damn, that was actually great. So but those yeah, twenty the- minutes where we're fighting through glass and it's repetitive, and you said that gunfights mm-hmm. are repetitive. I do not want to see knife get slammed through glass for the fortieth time. For for that long, it's just exhausting. I do. It's there's something awesome. so it's incredible. The the dance that he plays with the the people while they're like weaving through the glass and he's trying to catch them, and then they bust through on the other side and he has to fight them, and then the the swords can't penetrate the glass, and then he slashes the glass and then pushes them through the glass, then he slashes the floor and pushes them through the floor, and then they throw him through like four statues in a row. I mean, oh my god, it's it's crazy. And it's incredible entirely. I mean, it's just so enthralling to watch. And I, I, I think okay, this, this boils take, down take it back to, to the cutting floor and remove ten minutes, ten minutes of that fight, and it would be tight. It would I be refuse. perfect. You and I have a fundamental disagreement of what is exciting about action, and to me, relentless nonstop <laughs> action is is appealing to me. As is uh, tense setup with short action followed afterward. I I love relentless. Not, I love fun. Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and I love John Wick Chapter Three. Relentless, nonstop oh. action. Push them through. Keep them oh, going. Oh, Dylan. Oh yeah, Dylan. We are. We are. We are. Uh, fun, yeah, like you said, we are in fundamental disagreement yes. because 
because Temple of Doom is the worst Indiana Jones movie. No, it's Come on not. Now. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull um, is definitely yes, the worst Indiana Jones that. movie. Save that for the Indiana Jones um, episode. I'll um, fight yeah. you on that. <laughs> Temple of Doom's amazing. I, I would fight. Okay, it is better than Crystal Skull. I always forget. Dali Ma. Dali Ma. It's the worst one. Anyway, my yeah, argument at, is. Hold on, hold on. So we're at the end of the the 25 of regular time. So mm-hmm. it seems like y'all want to jump into overtime. You're still. I can do five minutes overtime. I, I think Sebastian has something he wants to I, say. I just have my closing. I'll consider these my closing statements. Well, not yet. Cause we'll, cause yeah, I have some questions I want to throw out there too. So. Okay. I'll okay. go. We'll throw then out five I'll, more minutes of just keep debating, keep hammering okay. those points home. Then I will say, and surely, and I'll open the room to Carlos cause poor Carlos has been knocked into a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, I mean, it's also that I'm it, a terrible debater. <laughs> I've come to the realization that I'm well, terrible. Also, half the battle is just having the speaking floor, and Dylan is yeah. definitely a master at both holding it and taking it. So I'm willing just to jump interrupt. In. I'm more than willing to interrupt. Yeah. I'm so jump good in at and overpower. <laughs> I'm also very passionate about this. The last few cinema showdowns have been things that I don't care as much about, and this, this I care. That's this not true. Passionate. You cared greatly about cock and ball torture. I did. Yeah, yeah that was the last yeah. one. That was the last one. The cock and ball torture. <laughs> All right. I got I'm my word in edgewise with that one. <laughs> I'm moderate a bit more <laughs> hardcore. So when I put my hand up, that means everyone else, silence. So okay. Seb, it'll go right. to okay. you. Okay. So I will say, relentless action could be fun, but it's not fun when we've already sat through 100 and, and like 30 minutes of it. Because that's just exhausting. Mm. You're sitting in that dark room or in your living room where you shouldn't be watching the John Wick movies. You should have wa- be watching them in theaters. Unfortunately, I had to watch the first two in a living room. Mm. But when I watched John Wick 3 in the, in the movies and now John Wick 4, that is the perfect place. But regardless of where you watch them, those 131 minutes can be grating. And that's why a short sequence that perfectly encapsulates the movie's influence the move the movies like the franchises peak peak uh fight choreography mm-hmm. that's not true <clears throat> i don't even believe that um but it's uh but it's i think it's a perfect well right if you had to sum up john wick as a franchise in one fight sequence mm-hmm. i would show everyone the knife the knife sequence because it is the perfect balance of all the elements that makes John Wick John Wick. Now I want to say this about relentless action. I watched John Wick 2 and 3 last night very late in preparation for this debate. And John Wick 2, I was I was tired, I was a little bored, I was really wanting to go to bed, especially cuz I had to wake up at 4 in the morning this morning for work. And then I finally got to the end of it, took care of some chores I had to do, and then was like, I don't know if I want to watch John Wick 3. I'm really not sure, but I really need to in order to to nail my arguments here. So I put it on and engaged thoroughly all the way to the end. I stayed up way past, way later than I should have, knowing that I was getting up at 4 a.m. today and was it was totally worth it. I can I've seen John Wick 3 probably eight times because it is just nonstop. It is awesome. The action is incredibly well done. It's unique. It's different. It's inc- it's fantastic. And that that final final fight scene in this glass room is the combination of everything you've seen so far in that movie. It is literally 
it is the knife sequence put together with the dog sequence in the 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 the, the, the Morocco with all the hand to hand combat he does in the first part of the movie. I mean, it's it's everything that John Wick has to be in order to win rolled into one. And he almost doesn't win. He gets pushed to his limit. When you watch him fight the guys in the knife room, he beats them in three minutes. Three minutes. It takes him 20 minutes to fight <laughs> six guys in the very end. 20 minutes because they are kicking his ass. And he almost loses. And that 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 slight slimmer of failure is what puts me on the edge of my seat and makes me excited. It makes me willing to watch a 20-minute action sequence. If it had been a 20-minute sequence of John Wick kicking guys' asses and not taking a scratch then it would have been boring. But John Wick getting the shit kicked out of him, getting his shit rocked, getting pushed to his limit, having to test his limits, having to keep pushing and fighting and climbing and going and going, that is what makes me engage in, in relentless action. That's what's incredible. And I know, I know Ryan agrees with me. <laughs> don't don't appeal to the judge uh, like that. That's the whole point of the debate! <laughs> <laughs> um... Listen, you know what, Carlos, you say something. <laughs> Listen, I think there, there's a merit to, uh, you know, getting, you know, some moments of downtime and, you know, getting to, like, know the story. It's like, the thing is, right, by the, by the time you get to John Wick 3, right, you already know the character. But let's go back to a time when you watch John Wick 2 for the first time and then learning the whole like blood chip thing that he has to go do this thing that he clearly doesn't want to do. Mm. Um, but he's doing it cause he has to, it's like a blood oath and whatever. Sure. It's like, that's why it like, and he, he even says it in like the whole encounter with the, the white, uh, the, the, white, the Italian mob lady. Uh, she's like, oh, you know, it's just the job and whatever. And he's like, yeah, but I don't want to do it, but I have to because, you know, I'm bound by blood or whatever. It's like, I don't know. I feel like there's like a merit to like in the relentless fighting to like get some character development, mm -hmm. which yes, you do get some in the glass house, but it's like, I don't feel like you get to really learn like a lot of the character, just like mo more like you get to learn his morals uh, rather than like, getting more insight into John himself. But like the although I will argue that morals is character. Mm. More like if you if you're getting to see uh and I hate to defend Dylan, nah. Dylan in this in this scenario. But I, I guess moral morals is where, where it's where it's at. Mm -hmm. That's morals is character. Your actions speak louder than than, than yeah. your words. And I think that's something that that uh that you will see throughout the movies and you see John making these difficult decisions. And, and when you see, when you see him at the beginning of John Wick chapter three, where he is forced, forced to fight against the entire on the world. And you see him in the, in the New York library, uh, public library having to fight. And then you see him in the night shop. Mm -hmm. He is put to the test. This is a man who has to now make the difficult choice of killing everything and everyone that crosses his path for his freedom, for his survival. And it, it takes you. It is not like, a difficult yes, choice. He does it so easily, of, so willingly. Of, but he has to make it regardless. The, the point of the and, John Wick franchise for, is 
actions and consequences. What you do has consequences. They they lay that out in John Wick 1 with what the Russian mafia does to John Wick. The actions they do against him has the consequences of John Wick becoming the Baba Yaga again and taking them down. And then John Wick 2 is great because it's all about setting up the action for John Wick so that John Wick 3 can be about the consequences to John Wick 2. And watching all that unfold at the very end of Chapter 3 is just absolutely incredible with what it sets up at the, the the finale scene, that whole fight scene is about him dealing with the final consequences. Because because the 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 whole point is that this, this guy, the Iron Chef guy, he is <laughs> he is doling out justice for the high table against the people that have helped John Wick in John Wick Chapter Two, and he is the physical embodiment of the consequences to John Wick's actions. And now John Wick has to show up and fight those consequences in a very physical manner to physically conquer the consequences of his actions and the consequences that others have reaped because of his actions in order to earn his freedom. And he fails and he fails and he fails and he still gets up to fight the consequences. It is the epitome of what makes John Wick, John Wick. And that's, and that's fantastic. That is great. You, so you've, Read the Wikipedia and you told us the perfect synopsis of what the fi- final scene means. Um, but in, in reality, in reality, <laughs> what we what we have to watch is just an over and overly long, exhausting, intentionally tired, exhausting. N- no, not intentionally. Definitely intentional. Maybe intentional, intentionally for the characters, but. When you again, I will repeat my argument. When you're in a movie, the last thing you want to feel is exhausted. I disagree. I think the last thing I want to feel in a movie is bored, and I feel bored watching John Wick too. Sorry, Carlos. (laughs) I don't want to miss. That's the second worst offender. You're right. It's the worst offender. Bored is the worst offender. And that's how, and that's how I felt during during like through the lead up to 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 the finale, and even through the finale, like. You're like, oh, okay, finally, and then you get ten minutes into that sequence, and you're like, okay, what's what's next? What's next is more saw, action. That's awesome, and it just keeps going, and it's awesome, and awesome, repetitive. and awesome. And this is, I would love is, to see Dylan sit through like slow cinema. <laughs> I love slow cinema. I love slow cinema. What? <laughs> I do. I, I find it, slow cinema great, but when I'm watching an action yeah. movie, I want there to be action, and I want it to be nonstop. Look Why? at speed. No, Look at speed. speed. Slow cinema. From, from the minute that speed, from the minute Keanu Reeves gets on the goddamn bus in speed to the minute he gets off the bus, it is non fucking stop. It, it, that is exhausting. It's very exhausting and it's phenomenal. It's fantastic. See, That's an hour. It's an hour of him being on that bus and it's incredible. But there's different. There's different. There's different. St- I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> you're, you're distracting me. You're wasting my, my, my precious time. Listen, I agree. You're right. What you want is more action. The problem is that we keep getting the same action over and over and over again until the action is no longer fun or exciting. Oh, it's not the same. It is Each the same. blow is different. Each slash and each crash is different for John. Each hit hits him even harder than the last. And he, he he's literally knocking through tiers of enemies of to get to the big bag. Okay, it's like a video John, game. He is progressing John, through the levels the same for us? in this glass room beating these people we're down. not there we're not we're not there with him so it's not exciting when, we are when there John, with him i'm oh, watching him great. do it he got thrown 
he's like he's like oh great he got thrown through through another one of those things saying and 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 like yeah, oh, and then well. he gets thrown oh, through another thrown one, again. and then another one, and then yeah, another, another one, one, and then another, another one. one. And so it's it's not and the sense of it's not the sense of, of oh man, oh I hate watching John get thrown through all this glass so much. It's kind of boring. It's a sense of oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, because they just keep beating the fuck out of him. When to this point we have seen John Wick kick ass nonstop, and now he's finally getting his ass handed to him, and he has to get up and, and keep fighting, and that's that's the shock and awe. That is much better than the shock of oh he got stabbed that that the knife room sequence has. Ooh, he's throwing knives. He got, he got a knife thrown at. Listen, and uh, I don't know what I, I lost my train of thought. I forgot what I was going to answer. <laughs> what I will say, what I will say, is that in in comparison, what we've seen what we've seen in this movies has been exquisite fight scenes Mm -hmm. john wick you go to john wick for perfectly executed perfectly choreographed exciting fight sequences absolutely and i think i think with the first movie they sparked something beautiful they created a a great modern uh fight um not fight i was gonna say a fight movie an action movie Mm -hmm. and they rolled with it they released john wick chapter two they continue building the world they continue building on the action. They elevate their their the scope and scale. Great, fantastic. I I I'm not bored during John Wick Chapter Two because there's so much exciting stuff about John Wick Chapter Two. Then you get to John Wick Chapter Three, and I think they overindulge. They Disagree. they have they have they completely completely miss the mark on what makes these movies great, which is the balance of of world of character and action because that's what made the first one so great the first one was was perfect because you saw you saw this character and you learned of this character in his world and uh in midst of those fight sequences and even through the fight sequences the fight sequences elaborated who who this character was and i know what the counter argument is going to be to that you're right but the problem the problem when you see it as a whole as a whole package John Wick Chapter Three, in in fight sequences like the Morocco dog fight uh-huh. and the glass and the glass room fight, uh-huh. they're still really good. Yeah, but they're overindulged. Disagree. Fight sequences, and it again. I'm gonna keep saying it because it's true. It's exhausting. And, and Ryan, please watch the movie. Feel exhausted. Come back to me, and 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 you can agree with me. Um, and that's something that here I'll plug I'll plug chat and then they go to John Wick chapter four and they perfectly perfectly find that balance of all these things. I disagree. I think chapter three is the perfect balance, whereas chapter four takes the character arc that John is going on and kind of scrambles it pretty hard and instead focuses more on really, really good action. John Wick four has the best action by far. And they do a lot of crazy stylistic things that I love, but the arc gets totally messed up. Ryan, go ahead. Ryan has something to say, also no spoilers. Very true. All right, so I'm going to ask a couple questions. That'll close the open debate thing. So I'll ask directed questions at a few folks just to help me figure out more of what I need to know to make this decision. So first I'll just have a question that goes to each of you. And answer honestly. 
Sebastian, in mm -hmm. your action scene that you chose, do you think there are more yeah. jaw-dropping moments than in any other scene that was chosen? I don't think jaw-dropping, but there is a great sense of finality to the scene that makes it satisfying to watch because it perfectly balances the brutal action that we're known that John Wick is known for, that slapstick comedy associated with it, and it's just perfectly balanced, and the tempo of the fight scene is better. The, Not jaw-dropping, but it's exciting. Sure. As a follow-up then, what would you say would be the like dominant emotion someone would feel as they're watching the knife scene? They would feel... Uh, damn, Ryan, that's a hard question. <laughs> well, I felt... I will, I will be... I'll tell you how I felt when I first watched that sequence. I felt a certain rush, a certain euphoria that I hadn't felt with these movies before. Because as soon as we're dropped into this movie, again, it be, you know what you're getting into right off the bat. It's John Wick versus the world. And when you're starting to see him fight against the world, there's just that exhaustion that, 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 that I've used very, um, very derogatory towards uh Dylan scene starts to become become real but for the characters and we love to see that because in the first two movies we do see John Wick get a little bit tired but he's a killing machine this is what he's made of so when we start seeing it become a little bit tougher and a little bit a little bit more more real for him because now the stakes are not just him against against a few people it's him against the world and everyone's and there and like it's a lot of of things going at him and you start to feel that it's thrilling it's exciting and you're right there with with the action all right dylan i'm asked the same to you do you think yours has the most jaw-dropping moments and then what would be the overriding dominant emotion or response you had like while watching. most jaw-dropping moments in that movie or like the franchise as a whole um let's say for the three movies in contention i don't i wouldn't say that any of the action scenes have particularly jaw-dropping moments i'd say the dialogue scenes do because they they capitalize on like a lot of the tension that gets built whether before the action scenes or after the action scenes the action scenes in john wick are more just fascinating and really cool to watch and just this exhilarating like like sebastian said this exhilarating feeling of excitement as you're watching just excellently choreographed fights that are unique uh i would say that sebastian and i's scenes are both very unique but whereas his is is that he said euphoric feeling i would say mine is more like this pure adre like, like exciting adrenaline that you're watching the culmination of everything you've seen so far for three movies building up into this final epic battle between John Wick and and the literal embodiment of his consequences and having him lose so much is just so like uh exciting and on the edge of your seat feeling kind of cuz it it's just like he could lose at this moment and that's the sort of line that they're trying to balance that makes it so exciting gotcha carlos same question to you jaw dropping moments in your chosen action set piece and then what was the dominant emotion you had while watching uh yeah i gotta i mean i gotta agree with the two of them and like i don't feel like there's like a jaw dropping moment um but i do feel like i agree with uh dylan that 
my scene carries a lot of like that adrenaline push for it, especially when you put it into context that like, because uh, there's a moment in the whole scene where like the shoe drops and then he uh, John Wick gets betrayed, and then you know it starts going like him trying to escape and it's like in combination with the music that's going on like really like elevates it, um, and you get like cool moments uh not jaw dropping but like really cool moments when like you know John Wick is like shooting or whatever and whatever. And he's shooting with a shotgun, and at one point he, like, stuffs someone, shoots him, and then begins to, like, reload the shotgun as he's still, like, holding it, and then, like, goes back and starts shooting it. So it's just a lot of, like, adrenaline moments. Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't say any, like, jaw-dropping. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and then this is another one for you, Carlos. Uh, Dylan certainly did. I don't know if Sebastian did, but he agreed with you that the setup is really good in your scene, but that the action itself was lackluster. How do you feel about that? I mean, it was, again, it wasn't this, like, over-convoluted, choreographed, beautifully seen. It was very, like, standard-ish. Uh, I think it had, for me, it had to do more with, like, the set pieces. Uh, just like how Dylan was, like, about the glass house, mine was more of, like, the catacombs in Rome. Which thought it was very interesting, uh, and I think in combination with like just like the atmosphere, because it was like, and the sound design, because it was like there's like a whole party going on, and then underneath the catacombs there's just like this sh- massive shootout, and like you can hear the whole music like muffling through the catacombs, and then like the way to the like uh, the cinematography, it's like the like camera basically like almost like camera obscura, uh, where it plays a lot into like the shadows and like having uh john wick being revealed through shadows as he's like sneaking around i thought it was very nice to like see gotcha awesome seb another question your way you talked about how there's comedy like slapstick comedy in your scene Mm. so and that obviously will pair with like the choreography that's going on um but with your scene, how you're mentioning that it's him like being put to the test and he's weary and the whole world is crashing down on him and he's having to like make these hard choices now and he's thrown back into the mix. So the way you describe that portion of it, it seems like it's a very high stakes battle, but then there's comedy elements woven in and it's not grounded or gritty as we talked about with like the Daredevil style. Um, so it is like overly choreographed. It is more like bombastic drawing i'm sure from like the confluence influences you also said yeah, like slapstick buster keaton so how do those elements merging together make this stand out and makes it elevated compared to like the other action scenes we have um yeah go ahead and explain more of that i think there's something that 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 is something that tone is through every most, most fight sequences in the Jogging Week franchise. That balance of over-the-top action, which is just like bombastic every single time. Um, but you can you can argue the same thing of of Carlos's uh, fight sequence with the shotgun thing that's played for that's played for laps. It's not a straight thing, but that's something so beautiful. And you can say the same thing of Dylan. There's although Dylan's there to give him a little bit more credit. It's a climactic scene, so there's a little bit more, more tension. There's a little bit more 
at stake in that fight scene, but there's still a lot of those elements. Again, him being thrown repeatedly through the glass things, there are still those undertones of uh, of comedy and, and physical comedy uh, in the John Wick franchise because that's what it does so well. I think that's they lean heavy into that uh, as the franchise progresses. And in this particular particular fight scene, it is it is raw because it's just John taken to his to his basics, not not gunfight, just straight. Uh, I guess fifty fisty cups. Yeah, fuck, I fucked that up. Fisty cuffs. Um, yeah. and and just like um, as he as he as he like beat by beat discovering the room around him, and there's a lot of of interplay between between that and and the brutalness of the action paired with the physical comedy of the choreography just melts so well. And that's what John Wick is. That's why John Wick is such an effective action franchise. It doesn't take itself too seriously, but it, it takes itself so it, serious enough that you believe the action, you believe the characters, you believe the world. And I think this one three-minute sequence perfectly encapsulates why we love John Wick so much. All right. So I think it's now time for the closing statements. So you will get one minute to make your final arguments for why your chosen set piece is the best of the first three films in the John Wick franchise. We'll go in reverse order. Carlos, you can start out and give us the one minute closing statement whenever you're ready. Okay. All right. Uh, again, I th- there's merit to like non-stop action, but I feel like if you don't set it up uh, a little bit, I feel like it could get like tiresome. Um, I do feel like the Rome one, like, it go it does do like a lot of setup, but it's also because it's tied to the story. Uh, and like, you know, we still have a John Wick here who's like tied to the world that he's trying to escape. Uh, and I lost my train of thought. Fuck. Um, <laughs> you still got like twenty five seconds. You can do it. Pull together. Anyways, he's trying to escape this world, and it's like, you know, we're at a point here where it's the true, like, point after the party scene where, like, now he's against the world because he's just been betrayed after he, you know, tried to keep following the rules. There we go. All right. Thank you. Now we're moving on to Dylan, your one-minute closing statement whenever you're ready. So Zero, who is the Iron Chef guy, who is the villain of John Wick 3, to me is a very good foil for John Wick throughout the film. He's a, a, a heartless killer who has no allegiance other than fealty to the high table, which is the main antagonistic force of the entire series. And he, he doles out the consequences of the high table for his own uh, amusement and his own gain. And he he is he is the embodiment of the consequences that are such a central theme to the John Wick series that when you get to that final battle and you see John and Zero face off in this per- pristinely clear glass set that is so fragile and so beautiful in so many ways, 
it is it is like watching John Wick fight the thing that he hates most about the the world that he tried to get himself out of this fealty this 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 dedication of loyalty to the high table and him finally defeating the consequences to his actions physically all right and finally sebastian your one minute closing statement whenever you're ready uh so so when we open on john wick 3 we get 30 minutes of perfect perfect action set piece after set piece as we see john escape when we get towards the end of the movie we're already tired of john escaping so there's a certain sequence there that doesn't work as well because we're already exhausted but the there's something so beautiful about those three minutes like i said earlier the balance of 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 perfectly choreographed fight sequence um the just the absolute brutal like physicality of it and mixed and paired with the physical comedy of Knives being thrown, heads being slammed against windows. There is something so perfectly balanced in those three minutes that you won't find in in a lot of set pieces in John Wick. And I think in those first 30 minutes, you get the best of all three John Wick movies. Something that you won't get in Rome, something that you won't get in the glass house, and you just get Keanu at his best in the knives galore sequence okay all right thank you so much all right just as a quick debrief how are you guys feeling feel good it's hard it's hard to fight against uh the culmination of the entire trilogy it's very hard to fight against that because you can defend that so easily but fighting against it is kind of hard especially when i did pick pick like Again, I wanted to pick the first thirty minutes because the first thirty minutes is perfect, essential. <laughs> but uh, it's it is really hard to argue with uh, that one. For sure. Okay, so I think I have my winner for the best action set piece. Just to give you guys some of my thoughts, some of the notes that I was jotting down as you guys were going through it. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, Carlos. My poor man. <laughs> Again, you're getting. Yeah, I mean, dog, I suck at that. I'm more like, uh, I'm more like the those old men in the Muppets where I just sit down and just like listen and then just make comments here and there. That's like more my style. Gotcha. Because yeah, they were yeah. Dylan and Seb were definitely dominating the speaking floor. Yeah. Um. So it's hard to just because by way of there not even being much time dedicated to you, it was hard to. Fully... No, it's okay. I fully understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like most cinema showdowns, it gets narrowed down to like two very quickly. Um, but yeah, good effort. I mean, good pick. You should have leaned more, I think, in no, the concessions <laughs> that you got from Dylan of like it being really good setup and all that. Um, and the one shotgun thing you described, like that was a cool moment. So if you emphasize that more than the like the standard yeah, I mean, gunplay, I guess, that was going on there. Um, but yeah. I went for a more of a traditionalist take, I guess you could say. Right. Marrying like uh, story and action together. Which isn't a bad route to go, if I'm judged, to be honest. Cause but you gotta, but you got to defend that. That's true. I'm not good at defending shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Again, terrible debater. I, can, I cannot debate for my life. Well, thanks for coming on anyway and 
helping us make the showdown stand out. But yeah, I think it's narrowed down to Dylan and Sebastian um, for this one. So both from John Wick 3, but very different in where they take place in the film, very different in their duration. I guess similar in the fact that it's not gun fighting, it's more hand to hand and like knife slash swords. But yeah, Seb, you were emphasizing um, again, like that perfect blend of the over the topness that John Wick is known for, really solid, inventive choreography, the slapstick comedy getting woven in there too. Um, and he made the appeal of the character stuff as well, of like, we're finally seeing him truly put to the test because he's tired from running, tired from going through all this stuff. And now he's got to like, once again, be plunged into it. Um, so that element as well, like Carlos, again, he had good instinct there of wanting to marry the character with the action. So I think that obviously elevates it more than just really good action. If you're invested in the character, if the action is revealing character, then that's going to make it much more pleasing and exciting. Um, and then with Dylan, you were talking about, again, all the same points of it being... Uh, like very solid choreography, very over the top, gorgeous set piece, or like the set itself was crafted really well. Um, Multi-tiered sets, all of that. Fighting against genuinely difficult villains that were actually giving John Wick a run for his money, which I guess was a new thing. We had never seen him like actually get legitimate, um, like, opposition from the people that he was in hand-to-hand -hand combat with i i should have i should have fought against that point because there is there is other points where we do see him be a little bit more challenged and i kind of uh fumbled that argument because i could have taken you down a, a bit with those <laughs> yeah because that was definitely a compelling argument in his corner was that this is yeah the culmination of the trilogy but it's also the first time that he's fighting like people on his level he also kept saying normal people like he was fighting normal people in the knife fight. That was also something that should have been pushed back against because I was thinking, I'm like, well, yeah. they're goons, These but they have to be assassins. like well-trained yeah. assassins. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his little, his rhetorical techniques there of naming the villains he was fighting in other scenes as normal people. And then his villains in the final sequence of John Wick 3 as like top tier assassins. That was a good trick he had. Um, yeah, I agree. But then Thank this you. point of exhaustion, overindulgence, it being too long, too, too much, too exhausting. And as a cherry on top of apparently what's an exhausting movie, in Sebastian's opinion, Carlos, you could have also helped hammer that point home more if you wanted to slate Dylan. You could have been like, yeah, John Wick 3 sucks because it's too long. It's too exhausting. Is that why I you don't like, like John Wick 3, Carlos? I, I like, no, I like John Wick 3. But it was like your uh, least yeah, favorite, Wick. right? They're all well, good, but yeah, it's your least favorite. Well, I haven't seen 4, but it's just like, for me, John Wick 3, right? The thing that like really takes it down is that whole thing where he goes to the desert. And it's like, you haven't seen it, but it's like, hey, I'm, hey, not, hey. I'm not going to spoil much. Yeah, okay. It's like, he goes to like this desert and it's just like, <laughs> a sequence goes film for so long. It really doesn't. Like, it's like five minutes. Like, <laughs> At most. I don't know, but it feels forever though. It feels it's forever. Awesome. 
Because it's just like, it's so out of the way of like where the story is. It's like, ah, I don't know. That whole sequence just pissed me off. We've seen like, Lawrence of Arabia. They spent a lot of time in the desert in that one. <laughs> yeah, so that was the big, I feel like the the big divide here. I mean, as you guys said, like a fundamental yeah. disagreement on action. The difficulty, though, is without having seen it. Because, like, I agree. If something is exhausting and having even more of it when you're already, like, checked out, obviously it's not going to work well. But what if you aren't exhausted at that point and you are heavily engaged in the nonstop action that's rolling out in front of you for 20 more minutes? That could be well received as long as you're not exhausted so that point there of like the exhaustion it's difficult to judge on to, that front because yeah because yeah. it does seem like a personal thing in the moment of like well if you're exhausted it won't work if you or if you're not exhausted it will work if you are exhausted it won't work um they're very true mm-hmm. i also i will agree i think with dylan of the points of boredom as the worst thing you can feel when watching a movie. I do think that's true. But exhaustion would be close, uh, closely behind it. But yeah, would you, that could have been a point, Seb, to emphasize even more exhaustion can lead to boredom. And therefore I was bored during that scene. Like it mm-hmm. takes me out of it. So therefore it's not like fun to watch. If you hit that point home more, that could have really helped your case as well. Yeah, I didn't push back enough. So, and then also the point of morals, Carlos, you had a great point of bringing up like a lot of character stuff is going on in John Wick 2, but John Wick 3, it's a little bit more established. You know who John Wick is, but then Dylan, or I guess you gave it to Dylan and then Dylan went with it. Or I think actually Seb, you both made this argument for Dylan, which is helpful of the morals. Apparently there's some moral choice in that fight scene. So that does help reveal character. Um, and I think Dylan even touched on the moral. I just had to. Go ahead. I just had to be. I just had to be honest. Yeah, you're an honest I mean, debater. It's it's great. It I, works against you, but it's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I mean, I I'm here to I'm here to win, but I'm also not here to lie. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a that's a lie because I <laughs> most of some of my arguments are were lies in 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 the sake of helping me <laughs> uh, win. Yeah, do what you gotta do on the debate floor. You know, it's a bloodbath out there. But yeah, the idea of like John Wick is making a moral choice and I guess his villain in that is some ruthless killer without any morals. And so there's that like foil there as Dylan was touching on later Mm -hmm. in his, his debate choice or debate um, time. So, hmm. and also the description as well of like the scenes that was going on, he leaned heavily into like describing the set itself, which was helpful. Seb yours towards the beginning was, I think vivid in my mind, but over time, I think it was You're less apparent. Yeah. Of like the space itself and how they're moving through it. Um, yeah. But yeah, but it's tough. I was being Those... distracted by speed. Dylan got me thinking <laughs> of speed. He also, I also don't know if these are intentional dirty tricks or not, but he threw out no, Skyfall, I... which we talked about <laughs> just before this yeah. recording as an homage to a different cinema showdown. Um, and then Speed as well, which is an action film I showed Dylan for one of the episodes on the show. <laughs> I made him watch it because I thought it was an amazing action film. So, again, I don't know if those are intentional, but they were effective. 
Listen, if there's one is if there's one thing I know Dinan to be, he's very intentional and careful with his <laughs> with his uh with his debates. I've I've seen him I've heard him do it in multiple episodes. Now I've seen it in action twice. Uh so I wouldn't he's 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 good. He's a good he's a good debater. I wish I was this precise and concise in the DC argument. Perhaps I would have won. But I didn't do enough prep for it. It was too it was too gargantuan. And Ryan was too too big of a, an opponent to beat. Dylan, you were the winner in my heart. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. I definitely feel like I won that in the hearts of the people. <laughs> you did. You did. So for this cinema showdown, the victor, I think it has to be, despite <laughs> what he just said there which i should take it away from him because of it but i will still <laughs> give it to dylan johnson the glass house fight from john wick three he argued it as the best action set piece and i have a few things to say one definitely used a lot of dirty tricks in my arguments <laughs> for sure i definitely called attention to a lot of movies and compared to a lot of movies that i knew ryan liked to get his attention focused on it. Mm -hmm. I definitely appealed to Ryan as a judge. And I definitely used a lot of specific rhetoric to make Sebastian seem scene seem a lot worse than it actually is. Second, yeah. Sebastian, I need you to know my first choice for when, when Ryan asked me what my choice was for what I wanted to argue for was the knife room <laughs> sequence. Was it I think Ryan picked wrong Damn. in this instance because I think the knife room sequence is the best action sequence in the trilogy by far. I could have, I could have done, I could have done so much better. Again, you did, you did kind of knock mm -hmm. me down, and I should have pushed against like the like the simple goon. Yeah, but it's such an effective fight scene. It's so good. Genuinely. It is perfectly timed and perfectly choreographed. And you are right. The comedic elements are incredible and the conciseness of it does make it stand out as, and, and there's a thing you said that I wish if you had capitalized on that phrase more, perhaps you would have won. You said very briefly that the tempo of the scene was perfect and that encapsulates how I feel about it perfectly. I was worried when you said it because I was like, I, I can't push against that. And then you, you didn't bring it up again, but that is the yeah. perfect way to describe it. The, the pacing of that scene in those three minutes is phenomenal the pacing the timing okay. it's impeccable and i really wish i could have argued for it and it was so hard to argue against it because i had to take it down when i really really liked it and so i now definitely i, I like definitely that. played dirty this time i was definitely attacking <laughs> a lot harder than i usually do usually i'm on the defense trying to just defend my case mm. but this time i decided to go guns blazing and really attack both of your choices even though i like both of your choices a lot but man. To be to be to be fair, your sequence was in my list. Mm -hmm. It was probably like like third fight because yeah. it is it is a very exciting. It is. It's not exhausting at all because <laughs> the, yeah. middle, middle, <laughs> the middle section of that movie is exhausting. John Wick three is an exhausting. I think you can make like, that the, argument. The middle section does get a little tiresome. It's 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 especially that dog sequence with Halle Berry is cool. It's fucking awesome. It is, but cool. it's so draining. It's really but long. One, and one, but once you get to that ending, like it, it picks you up again and Absolutely. like slaps you across the face. Mm -hmm. It's such a, it's exciting. But yeah, I agree. Like the knife sequence, 
I wish I could have argued for the full 30 minutes because I do think you would have won like the best. You would have won for sure. sure if you picked the first 30. The first 30 minutes of John Wick 3 is one of the greatest nonstop action sequences I've ever seen. Like it's impeccable. The 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 set design, like the, the things that they choose to put him through and the set choices that yeah. they make from one room to the next room to the next room is just it's so creative. It's the, it's so much better than anything we had seen up until this point. He, it's so much more inventive. Dude, and then you ended with the like the, the him visiting the doctor and it's like what a fantastic scene yes, that is. Absolutely. I mean, my God, that the first thirty minutes of John Wick three is just uh pristine. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. It is it's brilliant. absolutely. I wish you could have argued for the whole first thirty minutes too. But the knife room sequence is the best part of that thirty minutes by far. And Ryan, you definitely pick wrong. When you watch the movie, well, you'll understand. Because that knife room sequence yeah. They argued against no, it, but the, the other thing he picked is wrong because I didn't argue enough for it, which is less true. Like I went with the arguments it. itself. I also, yeah, notably, I didn't bring up the fact that you chose that. Yeah, I wanted to, yeah, not let that sway my yeah. opinions at all. But I knew, like, in your heart, so were you surprised at how hard I was one. attacking that scene, despite you knowing that I tried to pick it first? No, I knew you would play to win, so I knew you would do what you had to do, but it was a little more competitive than I remember being. You certainly are. Again, I'm telling you, you're like, I'm not that competitive. I'm like, no. It was the DC thing that threw me off because I wasn't as gung-ho about it as you were and you had planned so hard for it and I had Mm -hmm. planned not enough for it. And I just, because you went first, right? You did your pitch first. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I listened to your pitch and I was like, I'm not going to win this. And so I went into my pitch (laughs) knowing that and just tried to have fun with it. But this time I was like, nah, nah, I'm going to win. And you sure did. And There you go. And you had a solid argument. I mean, it's it it was hard it was hard for me to debate against like this. Mm-hmm. You were you were saying all like like, yes, it's the combination, mm-hmm. the physical embodiment of 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 like action and consequences, which is the theme of these movies. Yeah, was spot on. Absolutely. That's like that's like fuck. I can't even say anything to that because that's I knew yeah, I knew that was also yeah. a dirty trick. I knew if I talked about the theme. Yeah, I knew if I talked about the themes, and I I pulled a dirty trick at the end in my closing statement too. I called the main the main villain the foil to John Wick, and I knew he would fall for that. I knew Ryan loves a good foil, yeah. and he loves a good theme. I do. And I really played to that pretty hard. I uh, I was calling back to our Skyfall debate when you said Javier Bardem was the foil to James Bond. <laughs> I was trying to pull into that that desire to want to see that again. Wow! Damn. I, I, I pulled a lot of dirty tricks this argument he did. for sure. He pulled out all I could have worked. No, no, your audience. Up, yeah, no, your. That's very true. I and when when you said that, I was like, "Fuck!" Because I could have brought up again common. I didn't bring common enough when you mentioned common was was exactly that to John in John Wick. Common was, was a like, good foil. Yeah, it was like almost his equal, um, and just like. Like a lot of other things that he goes through are kind of like his foils, but mm-hmm. but uh, it's so hard to debate against three because the first thirty minutes and the last thirty minutes of that movie are just absolute perfect. Yeah, completely. But John Wick four though, Ryan. Please <laughs> oh do my yourself god! A I'm gonna watch them all now, one? yeah, and then watch John Wick four. John Wick four should win best cinematography at the Oscars. Wow! I he's calling the shot. Agree. Thank all you. Away from. Like the first three know. movies are gorgeous, but oh my god, John Wick Four is beautiful. The first thing I told Carlos when we had a conversation about it, I told him, "Carl, 
you're gonna go nuts for the cin- cinematography. It's crazy. Season. They, Chad, my boy Chad, <laughs> has had has elevated his game. Oh my god! Yes. For John Wick Four, cinematically, they it's a had, masterpiece. Yeah, it's just great. It's fantastic. It's high praise. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited for that. So I'm gonna watch. Are you gonna these. try and blast through them so you can see it in theaters, Ryan? Absolutely. Yeah. That is you should. Fun. When you go to see John Wick 4 in theaters, invite me. I will go and see it for you. That will be my <laughs> third time watching it, and I will happily watch it again. For sure. I'll invite all y'all. We can talk about which action scene I actually think was the best from John Wick, from 1 through 3, and then we can talk about John Wick 4. Which yeah. do you think John Wick 4 has the best action sequence? I think John Wick 4 I would, does. I would have picked, yeah, I would have picked one from John well, Wick 4. I won't say what, but I, I think John Wick 4 definitely has the best action sequence. For that's me. exciting. I think you and I will yeah. have different picks, though, Sebastian. I I, I think we we would, <laughs> but I but I is that the thing with four is that whichever you pick, it's right. Yes, correct. Like no matter what you pick in four, <laughs> almost, correct choice. Almost, but yes, there's one there's yeah. one like five minute sequence that I was like, this is not good. Ooh, yeah. now I'm curious about that. They flubbed on like a good five minute part of it, maybe seven minute part of it, and I was like, "This is not good," and they should have cut it out, or they should have made it a lot shorter because I'm I, it, it's taking me out of it. Is it beginning or end? End. Ah, uh, okay, I see. I think you, I think you can guess. Yeah, I think I can guess. But overall, John McFour, oh my god, talk about relentless action! Oh my god, it never stops. That one. But again, I think that it's more balanced. They have more breathing room in between the the sequences, but when the sequences get going, they never stop. They get, they don't stop. Amazing. Well, for this cinema showdown, Dylan, congratulations! Another victory, another notch on your belt. Let's go. What's the other one I won? Was it the Fast and Furious one? Yes, it was. I just know how to convince Ryan to pick my side. That's I know a Ryan too. Well. You wouldn't. It was like a very close finish because you weren't going to get picked initially, but then there you were was something pick, that was said uh, that swayed it immediately. I was going to pick, pick Tokyo Kirk. Drift. Kirk? Yeah. What? Oh, wait, no. Actually, no. You're right. Kirk you're said something <laughs> that Kirk's choice was the six. But no, it was, was Kirk. it was Kirk versus you because Ryan was Tokyo Drift, but it didn't work out too well. But I feel like Tokyo Drift's probably better than Furious Six or whatever the Furious. Fast it may Furious be, 6 but was. also again, it's the it's the argument you make. Kirk was making a good argument, but I suppose at the very end, you said something that just. Oof. You still haven't. What did I say? Do you remember? It was what he said, but it was something about just. No, nah, I don't remember. You're gonna have to. Everyone who's listening to this will have to go back and re-listen to that one to find yeah. out what it was. Did um, you ever watch Fast Five? <laughs> Oh, that will be that's my favorite one. Fast. Oh, so you guys will pick that. Um, no, not yet. We're gonna. I'll Bitch. talk to you about this after show, but that'll be a little teaser for everyone listening. We're gonna have a show a few months from now that will be me finally watching Fast Five. Talking about, about whether it's the best pick or not from the Furious. You never watched Fast Five? No, that was the whole point of that cinema showdown. I never watched any Fast and Furious movie, and I still haven't. <laughs> but we'll change that soon. I will watch Fast Five. Ryan, what are you doing, bro? Go watch saying. movies. I do watch movies. It's just certain franchises I'll He watches miss. art house slow cinema. <laughs> exactly. He watches Darren Aronofsky films. <laughs> yeah. yeah, y'all need to y'all need to start watching some Aronofsky. We'll have that cinema showdown, maybe. 
Uh, all right. Ryan just arguing against himself. <laughs> He's the only one that's seen Darren Aronofsky movies. No, it's Pie. No, no, it's the wrestler. No, it's it's Black Swan. They're also good. We should clone Ryan and just make a mini movie show where Ryan just, just argues uh, against himself. Put me it in would the never chat. stop. Put me it in the would chat. never <laughs> It would be like a six. It would be like a six-hour debate between Ryan and a clone of himself. About something <laughs> minute and tiny that he like noticed in Black Swan that he's arguing with himself about, and it would take six hours for them to settle it. True. There, I, sat, I sat at a, I sat at a, <laughs> I sat at a table recently where Ryan was having a debate with someone. Oh god! It was a conversation. <laughs> oh please don't. It was a good debate. It was fun. And it, it was I. I don't think I spoke up at all, except for the end for like like five minutes the rest was just him going off with this other person it was a 2v1 and it was, let that be known as well it was a 2v1 and ryan carried himself with absolute dignity and grace because he he was he was like tony tony against cap and bucky in at the end of civil war oh tony all the was, way and he was <laughs> that well, wasn't what the debate was about oh <laughs> <laughs> No, that wasn't. Yeah, that was. I agree. I don't. I don't agree. I. I'm very much a cap. Nah, Tony all the way. No, Tony all the way. Tony all the way. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. (laughs) I think. I think now when we do these cinema showdowns, it should be Ryan and I judging because if if Ryan and I are competing, it's it's nobody else will get a word in edgewise. That's what happened with uh, with uh, the the James Bond one. I mean, poor Kirk mm. could not could not get a word in edgewise about Quantum of Solace. <laughs> I think he chose Spectre, right? He did? Yeah. That's even worse. <laughs> it is. That's <laughs> what we couldn't get a word in it because it was already a done deal. Um but yeah, thank you guys for appearing on this cinema showdown. It was great. Yeah, thank you so thank much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I always love being uh, a guest at the box office show. Oh yeah, we love this having you guys. Well, we'll see you guys again soon. I'm sure. That's all the time we have right now. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show, you can email us at theboxofficeshowpod at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is "Sundown" by Joseph McDade. If you like the show, please give us five stars on whatever podcast app you're listening to, and be sure to tune in next week. Have a great rest of your day.